representing Johnny Ray Diaz. Ha, yeah. And the Arnold Twins. Welcome back, everybody, to Surviving Hollywood Podcast. If you're viewing us on YouTube, make sure to like and comment, right, Luis? That's correct. And if you're viewing us on iTunes, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Roast us in the description of that five-star rating, and we will read it live on air. Now, oh, we're on a story? Oh, we're on a story. Hey. My name is Aaron. Johnny Ray Diaz. Austin Arnold. And I'd like to introduce you guys to the guest of the hour, possibly our greatest guest yet. The a legend man, himself. A man with 2.8 million, million subscribers. subscribers on YouTube. A guy who started from nothing, and now he's something. He's going to teach us all how to get where he's at today. A man who's a YouTube legend. Luis... <laughs> exactly. I shouldn't let Johnny say the name. <laughs> okay. And the YouTube channel is How to Catch a Cheater. You've probably, either you're a subscriber to that channel or you've probably seen it peripherally. peripherally and that's the introduction. Awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Wow. So let's just say, what, what have you been up to, man? What's going on with you? What's, uh, it's what's been a the... while. I just hit my six-year anniversary of being in Hollywood. Okay, nice. Here, so it's been six wow. years this month. Dude, it's, it's been like... a little over six years for me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you, where are you from originally? Uh, Palm Springs, so I'm California. Okay. You know, I didn't come from nothing. I was born in the U.S. And I <laughs> That's a big advantage art right there. That was our first question. He came no, from middle kidding. class and made it to upper middle, middle class, class, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, it's funny. Like, it's hard to answer, but, like, I've been doing a lot, and I'm just trying to add more to my plate while at the same time removing things I don't need and then really fine-tuning which direction I want to go with my career. Um. What are you leaning toward? Like continuing with the YouTube stuff or are you kind of on another? Um, I'm going to continue an entertainment period. Like I, I really do love entertainment. I love being a part of it. I love being on camera. I love making people laugh. It's just always been a thing for me. Um, it, it's so hard to say. Like it's so hard to answer the question even because I don't necessarily have the definitive answer. I know I had a talk with my manager last week about like they know I've taken kind of a backseat to acting and I told them only send me out for these things. And you know, the communications kind of died off with them, so we picked it back up. I got new headshots last week, and um, I'm going to head to my manager's office, office from here. We're going to go over them and just start coming coming back with a different game plan and being a little bit more strategic about um, getting me out. And now, is like she, does she manage your YouTube career as well? No. Right. no they didn't want to be involved in the beginning, so they're not involved now. Oh, so. that sucks for them, right? <laughs> No, they're all right. They have some really big clients on there on their roster, so they're good. All right, cool. And, and, it, and I understand branding wise why they don't. Right, right. Yeah. So let's explain um, how to catch a cheater for those yeah. who don't know. All right. So to catch a cheater, for if you guys haven't seen it, um, a lot of people notice it like on Facebook and YouTube. Those are like the two main platforms. But the premise is basically a guy and a girl are dating. A girl wants to put her boyfriend to a test to see if he's faithful. So we'll hire like an attractive model, an Instagram model, like a hot girl. To go hit on the guy when he's not around, or when she's not around, just to see how the guy behaves. Like, would he give out his number? Does he say he's single? Would he turn the girl down? What does he do? And when you're watching the show, what you're actually watching is a split screen. So you'll see on half the screen, you'll see the interaction of our decoy hitting on the guy. And the other half, you're seeing the, the partner, the, the girlfriend, reacting and watching it. Uh, and we do vice versa. So guys testing girls, girls testing guys. 
Um, and out of all those, out of the many videos you've done, any which ones have like surprised you the most? Have you been shocked personally? It's when they caught the cheater. Um, <laughs> there's been a few like that just go viral. For, is that what you mean? Like in sense of like that? I meant you personally. Like, um, there was one we did when we first started. This is probably the most the because it was like new to me when we first started. I remember we worked with this girl Natalie, and we had her go hit on this guy who was married. Right. Uh, this is like this uh, is like nerve wracking shit. Right? Yikes! So she went to go hit on this guy, and it was very casual. She just sat down and told him she thought he was cute, and he was like, "Okay," like, and you know, she's like, "Oh, well, do you think I'm cute? I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should hang out sometime." And he was like, "Yeah, I have friends." She's like, "Oh, you have friends? Well, do you have a girlfriend?" And he's like, "Uh, no." Well, I mean, and he's like showing his wedding ring, you know, and he's like, "Oh, you're married?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm married." He's like, "Oh." Well, you want to hang out anyways? He goes, yeah, anyways. Wow. <laughs> and it was just like such a shocking episode of that one. Um, that was one, that was one of the ones that really stuck out to me in the beginning. So before you go too far ahead, mm -hmm. where did the idea for the show come up and how did that whole thing start? Johnny, you know, what's crazy is you were there. I was there. What you were there, there the day of an inception, the right word. Sure. Yeah. You were there that day. Uh, so Rick was having a rehearsal at his place. Okay. And he had me come down to open the door to let you in, I think. And then there was, I think, Sasha. There were some girls from our acting class in there. Um, do you remember this? I don't remember, but no. Do you remember me coming down to let you in? One time yeah, you just I, came I in I at night. Oh, yeah. I do remember you coming one time to let me in. Because I know you and Rick used to live to go. Who was a guest on the pod, by yeah. the way? Rick Silver. Yeah. Shout out to Rick. And um, But you guys used to live together. It and, actually, uh, it, it partly came from Rick. Oh, really? <laughs> because I was giving him shit one day about his girlfriend that he was dating at the time. It's like, dude, like, this is not really a girl you should take serious. And he's like, no, it's just, it's hard, man. And he's like telling me all these things, you know, Rick, he's like, it looks like his hair is going to fall out. He's getting so stressed. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I said some comments, some like joking comments that I bet you if we found like the right guy, like the type of guy she's into and he went to go hit on her, I bet you she wouldn't even mention that she has a boyfriend. He goes, no, yeah, she would. And I said, watch, well, I'm going to find someone to go do it. And then I'm going to record so you can see it. And like, I said it jokingly. But as I said, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, that'd be pretty funny. Like, what would be funny to me is watching Rick's reaction because he's my friend. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just seeing his reaction would be like the fucking icing on the cake. And that, that's how the idea came to be because um, this was my three year, on my three-year anniversary of being in L.A. Like, every year I was doing an evaluation for where I was at and how much I've done and where I want to go. So on my three-year three anniversary, I had done so much, like, in acting. Like, I was fucking killing myself to make it happen. And... Um, it was just part of me that like kind of looked at it and thought, man, this is going to be a lot more challenging than I even anticipated and not like physical work or actively. Like, I think like even you guys doing this, hustling, you, you like, mean the acting, you mean not just, not just the acting, the business side of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which like, is the hardest part. I yeah, think. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, um, a lot of people can be active and do stuff and it looks like you're busy, but you have to be really intelligent and crafty about getting a career out here. You know what I mean? You can't just work hard. It's not enough. So I started seeing, I was working as a reader for Bard and Cheney Casting, which is a huge casting office out here. I got to see a lot of people come in and be readers and stuff. And uh, in the room, man, this is funny. There's two stories with this one. But the first one that really stuck out to me was there's a guy named King Botch. King, King Bach. Oh, yeah. You guys know Bach? He, uh, he advertises. Instagram, dude. Um, King Postmates. is his first name. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. He has mm. like 15, 16 million followers on Instagram yeah. and stuff. He makes skits. Um, well, it's, it's funny because for that show, I actually auditioned for that show. And then that night they emailed me if I can come in tomorrow as a reader. So I'm like, Fuck. I didn't for, get it, obviously. For, for which yeah. show? Uh, it's a show. Hillary Swank's in it. Um, wait, wait, he was auditioning for the show? No, no, no. Million dollar he didn't have. Here's what's crazy. Serious? He didn't have to audition for the show. Oh, he was already cast. No, no, no. Okay. Here's what's even crazier. 
His role didn't even exist on the show. They created a role for him. Mm. You know what I mean? Because wow. he had such a huge following. And when the when they told me that, I was just kind of like, I was a little pissed, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like, for sure. God damn it, dude. I'm over here like doing theater, being a tree on stage, like doing a bunch <laughs> of crazy shit. Like legit actor in my mind. I'm trying to find this funny picture. Um but anyways, and then like the thing I went in to audition for was like this field worker. I still have this photo here. <laughs> oh, wow. Because so, like, I've been cast as like a... a, as a the old classic immigrant. <laughs> the old you classic know, immigrant. Farm, farm worker. It's like, it's imagine for people that first meet me and they're like, oh, I wonder what we can cast them in. Immigrant. Yeah. Farm worker. You know what I mean? Which is which is weird that you, I honestly that you'd even be cast as that. I'm I just gonna, I'm just going to say that because like I, go, I audition sometimes for that stuff and I'm like, bro, I'm never going to get this. Because like... First of all, I'm like, I'm tall and I'm light skinned. <laughs> so like they automatically assume like the Mexican needs to be short dark. and like dark. Mustache. Yeah. And it's like, all right, why am I even here, man? But <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just, that's funny. Yeah. That's just how it was. But I saw that. And then I saw a couple other things that just really shocked me. Like my first role was as a cholo. That was my first yeah. freaking speaking With, role. Uh, in the was that Raymond, Raymond Cruz? Yeah. 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 Raymond Cruz is dope. Yeah. And in what show? It's just like, God, how racist is this? Isn't town that major, part? major crimes, yeah, right? Major crimes. Yeah. Oh, you're on this, you're no. on the, no, I didn't work on that show. Oh. No, every other, every other crime show, Johnny but has guest every started. every other procedural. <laughs> sure, I'm there. Look, this is my dad, right? In real He's life, very nice. specific Mexican. Like, if they're casting Mexicans, this is what they expect me to walk in the room looking like. Right. right. So I can't really like pull that off. Cigarette commercial or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like uh, you know that Godfather drug dealer. Yeah, that's man. Um. Anyway, so you were in the casting office. Yeah, and, and I, I saw, saw all these things, and in. I thought, you know what? I wasn't on social media before. Like, which is what's crazy. I had Facebook and I mainly used it to keep in touch with my family and friends from high school and stuff. And I was so against social media, you know, at the time I didn't have Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all these things. I'm still kind of anti-social media to be honest, but I do it. Yeah, right. No, I still do it. Like, look, if you look at the difference, like you look at my YouTube has 2.8 million. My Facebook has 1.4 million. My Instagram has like 28,000. It's like nowhere near like... I'm just not into that. Because you don't cultivate the Instagram one as yeah, much. Yeah, I'm just not like really into it. I, but now that Instagram's got IGTV, maybe it's a vehicle. But it's, yeah, but it's not monetized right now. So like I'm not, we're not making money. So, right. so yeah, I don't want to give it away sense. for free. It doesn't yeah. make money. What's the point? <laughs> um, I had a, just quick question. When you were doing, when you were a reader, was that, it was at Schnee, right? Yeah. Okay. I have, uh, I have auditioned there once, but uh, I saw you there when I auditioned once. Did you? Yeah, he was talking about that too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I was okay. talking about, uh, it was for an Amazon show that's no longer there, and you were taking me into the room, mm -hmm. and I was like, dude, I recognize you from somewhere. Oh, really? And you were like, oh, maybe TV? And I was like, ah, may I don't know, maybe. And then I figured it out in the car. Do you remember the name of the show? Um, it was about um, female empowerment writers in an Amazon show. Uh, that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. a, a real life female newspaper writer about how she had female empowerment. It sounds familiar, man. I think I have yeah. heard of some weird, yeah. I don't know. If I knew the name, you guys would recognize it. Right, right. But it what I was going to ask you was, when all the, when you're seeing all these actors funnel in, obviously it's like probably a variety of different roles, big roles, small roles, whatever. <laughs> did you ever feel like you saw somebody in there that was like, oh my God, they killed it? No. Was that's, a, just, that's another thing. Was it just like serviceable? So when I went in there, I mainly went in there to build a connection with the casting director. And I also also curious to see, okay, I just joined the union. I want to see what these other, these big actors these big are like. Actors, I want to yeah. see what they're doing. Because when I worked on set with Raymond Cruz, he was forgetting his lines. He couldn't remember shit. He was missing his marks. And I was like shocked. I'm like, what? Like you would think, right? It is surprising. So then when I went, the, went in there, I saw some really bad actors. Like bad. Really bad. I saw this one girl that walked in. And this was for a show called 
think it was like Twiggy or something about that model from like the seventies that made the whole anorexic look famous. Cause before it was like Marilyn Monroe, it was kind of pudgy if you really look at her. Like, right. mm. and then the seventies, they came out that skinny anorexic look and it was this model that really led the way. And they were like fair faucet. I don't remember. No, I think it was Twiggy. Her name was like Twiggy or something or Twitchy or something. Don't know who that is, but. Um, so they were casting roles to be like girls to play her friends. And I remember I took up, they're all these hot ass girls coming in, which is great. Sag actresses. Yes. And that was another thing. I'll get to that. (laughs) I remember she came in and then she auditioned and she did just such a bad job and I'm working as the reader. And then when I'm done, I just look down and I look at the the casting director, like, you know, I want to see what he says. And he was pretty nice to her. He's like, Hey, you know, that was, that was okay. Um, but when she says like, fuck off, she's not saying that angry. She's like joking, like, ah, oh, fuck off. Like we're friends, you know? So, uh, so do the same thing, but you know, more, more friendly, more like a person talking to a person. She goes, okay. <laughs> more like a human. Yeah. Yeah. And she does the exact same audition, exactly the same. Like she just completely ignored what he said. Well, that's the way she learned it. Right. And then she goes, uh, he goes, that was good. Like I knew he just didn't have nothing to sell. Tell her just like get out of here. She goes okay, and then she goes back to the couch and grabs her purse, and then she remembered that she had her headshot and resume in there, so she pulls it out. And she goes, "Oh, um, are you guys gonna cast me, or can I keep this?" Ooh. And he goes, "You keep it." <laughs> <laughs> you know. So she okay, like she didn't even know. She puts it back in her purse and leaves, and I'm just like, I've tried, I've tried that line at auditions too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sure. I was just like, it never goes well. But I was just thinking, how on earth did you even get in this room? Like, you know how much I had to hustle just to fucking make it in here as a reader? Well, she sounds hot. She was. But then the girl, one of the girls that was helping me, I forget her name. She was like, oh, she has a million followers on Instagram. And she was signed with like CAA, like one of these big ass agencies. Well, that's what it is. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, if that's the game they're going to play, then okay, I'm going to play that game. Oh. You know, and it was kind of my little revenge pissed offness in me. Yeah. And, um... So I went full force, and I think like three months into YouTube, dude, I was like fucking killing it. And so let's go back to that day one. Like at that time, there were already like kind of like similar type YouTube channels that were being very successful. Prank mm-hmm. Invasion was probably mm-hmm. started before invasion. you. He's like, a friend of mine. Oh yeah, okay. uh-huh. I've seen him filming sometimes. Uh, like, but there were probably like, were there even like, were there cheating things on YouTube at that point? Or no, no. So that was another cool thing. Um, so like, there's reaction channels, makeup channels. Right. Um, all sorts of things, vloggers, pranksters, and all that. We didn't really have a category. We were new. So we were kind of like a mix of that Hanson versus Predator, if you remember that, where yep. they're dating Love people. That. One of the best shows ever. <laughs> and then uh, the show uh, Cheaters with uh, Joey Greco. Right. Which, um, yeah. They're bringing it back, by the way. They're revamping oh. it for this year. Oh, right. Yeah. They should get you to host. Now, yeah. we've already been in contact about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, about coming out, making a feature there. They want to come out on our YouTube. Nice. They want to do some type of business together. Cool. Um, so yeah, but so we were like a, the whole new thing, and then we came out, and I think that's one of the reasons we also took off. It's you and another guy. Yeah, started one it, partner. Yeah. And it's that's it's the same today. It's just you and another oh. guy. Yeah. Have you like scaled it at all, or still just you two doing everything? Somewhat. We can we'll scale it, but no one's on no one's on our team except us two. It's just like we'll, a freelance. We'll like, hire out people. Right, yeah, if right. we need them, but like for what, the, it's just us two. Who do you hire? Editors or? Uh, we've recently started working with editors only because my partner is really tired of editing, mm-hmm. and the more the more editors we like, if I can free him up from being editor, there's the, the hardest part about building a YouTube channel is not even the content. 
like it gets into like the business side, just like acting. Mm -hmm. So like finding networks and platforms that it comes out on, like it, you guys don't know, but our channels in other countries, we're on a bunch of different platforms. We're up in, on another platform in Canada called Beaks. So not YouTube, that's the next step after YouTube get it on other platforms. So what you do is like, just like movies back in the day, they used to create a, a big budget film. They'd sell it on um, in theaters. Then in theaters, they'd sell it again to like TV. And then they sell it to like Blockbuster. Then they sell it to- All like, these different distribution so places. So they're selling the same movie like seven times over again. We're doing the exact same thing. We're, we're creating content primarily for YouTube, which is our biggest audience. Mm -hmm. We drop it on YouTube. We're also selling that, selling that same content to Facebook. Facebook pays us. Uh -huh. We're also selling that content in the forms of sponsors. We're selling it to different app companies that want to use them. I don't like, know if Facebook paid. Like, do you they mean pay you get, by the Facebook's paying us more right now than anything else. Just oh, monetizing? Right. Is, uh -huh. it by, is it monetized based on views or um, yes. like YouTube? It's not just views. Oh. That's a hard question to answer. Yeah. It's engagement or... It's a hard question. It's a whole algorithm and like a hundred different things can they vary. They right? figure out how I think they just, you know, they pay you what they pay you and you just, you don't even know how to question it because there's so many different variables. So for that yeah. Facebook, is it, is that a video you're dropping from YouTube mm -hmm. that's on Facebook or is it that you're put, embedding the, the video into Facebook? The exact same video on YouTube, we're just put, uploading it to Facebook and posting it. And that's okay. how you do it for all the different platforms? It's that uh -huh. same video? Yeah. Exactly. We, we may change an intro or something. Right. These other countries like in, in Japan and all these things, these apps, all they're doing is buying our content from us. They're licensing it, I guess, basically, from us to reuse it on their app, and they just subtitle it. That's oh, okay. all they're doing. For different audiences. Do they find you, or do you find them? It's Those cases, they found us. They emailed you and said, we'd like to yeah. host your content. Yeah, we had, like, Facebook's a great, Facebook's really gr big right now. They're really, they're hungry for content. Are you getting more views on Facebook or YouTube? Um, it can go back and forth. At one point when Facebook took off, it was Facebook. Like our videos are doing like 20, 30 million views because it, it has that reshare button. It has that tagging names button. Yeah. You can, you know. Tag as you go on there. And yeah. Exactly. Okay. Are you on Roku? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> we, we, we had like, yeah, we've had a bunch of different opportunities for things like that. We tried going to Amazon and we wanted to get some of these bigger ones like Netflix. Um, Amazon Prime is always looking for new content, but, you know. We have to get in where we fit in, so to speak. But so wouldn't you lose ownership if you... No, you're licensing it out. Okay. So we still own the content. They're what's, just... What's to stop other people? Like, there's... You know how easy it is for somebody to just rip a video. And sure, it's you and your mm -hmm. links in the video, but, like, just rip it and put it on Facebook themselves. There's not. Uh, people yeah, they do, can do people it. Do they that. can do Go it, for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it won't last long because Facebook's gone good now at... um. So if you're uploading someone else's content, we can claim it. <clears throat> And yeah. then if we claim it, that channel, if it gets like one or two strikes, it'll just it get shut down. Shut down. Right. So there's no longevity in stealing content, really. <clears throat> right. It's better off. What's even smarter, what some people do is they, so let's just say you made a cute video, you have a dog, and you made a cute video, just here at home of your dog doing something cute, and you shared it, and it just went viral. And then someone like Lab Bible that has like 20 million followers, contacts you and says, hey, you know, we'll pay you $100 if we can share your video. And you're thinking, well, shit, that's cool. My dog gets to become famous or something. They're going to give me hundred dollars. Right. What idiots? What you don't know is that same video they're making like three, four thousand dollars off of just for sharing it, and you right. produce the content. So those bastards. I sometimes even look at myself now and thinking, am I an idiot for like working this hard creating content where I can just be running a business and just like, using other people's content, creating a huge thing like Lad Bible and fuck Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have these conversations every single yeah, day, basically, man. right? Yeah. It's so. And out of curiosity then, so then obviously you're, okay, you're getting a lot of views on Facebook, YouTube, and the whole thing. Has anybody ever approached you about possibly just hosting another show? Yes. Like just like a different type of show? Yes. Like you itself. So how did that, or taking to um, catch a cheater to like a network platform? Both. We've worked with like five different production companies. Um, 
we've gone through like the loop, man. I, I really got educated in terms of like uh, TV deals and how it works. And um, first question was, I got I got produced, I got uh, contacted originally by a company called Twin Peaks or Peak Social now. They're okay. based in Canada. They have like 10 million downloads, pretty, pretty legit um, app-based company, but they contacted me about being a host for what they wanted to shoot out there. It's something very similar. It's like a dating-based thing, um, but there wasn't much pay. And at the time, YouTube was doing really well. So I didn't want to abandon what I was doing, but then we negotiated about doing uh, creating content specifically for Canada mm-hmm. for them. And it was a really, it was a really good deal that um, for us. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you did it. Uh, yeah, well, we sort of, we, we created the content here and we still put it up in Canada. Is it, it's the same it's show just, then basically, but just made just, for Canadians. Mm-hmm. So what do they add? Like, do you add maple leaves to it? What's mm. the, well, how do you make it Canadian? The, only real, the only real difference is just, they have a, an app you can download and then this app produce, shows content. So our show is on their app is the only difference. What's the app called? Uh, Peak Social. Peak Social. Okay. Yeah. Big in Canada. Yeah. It's pretty big. All right. Um, then we have the same thing in India. Um, India is really big right now for like YouTube because these other countries that they didn't have like YouTube allowed, like China, like, right. They're going to blow up once they get out there. And like when I visited China recently and we noticed like huge changes with people using these VPNs to watch content in the U S and like, it was shocking. Oh, that's interesting. How do you find that? It was fucking shocking. Cause when I went to China, I didn't know you couldn't, there's no, right, there you can't is. use Facebook, Instagram. You, you have diff- no content. Internet. You yeah. can't even go on Google. Like they literally modify, like they monitor what you can and can't look up online. Right. The government is just like it's insane. But how did you find that they use VPNs? Because people were recognizing me out there in China oh. from the show, and I'm like, how? How the fuck are they doing this? And then a lot of people that are on our age group, they're all adapting to using these VPNs, which is mm. like a virtual private network or yeah, something. Yeah, to block your ID. Uh, yeah, and your, it shows that they're in New Jersey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Right. Um, your IP address. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they're watching American content and stuff like that. And then there were some apps that were stealing our stuff out there that we went out there for. So we had like a settlement with them. Um, it wasn't that big, but it was some good money for us. So I want to go back to before you were successful when you made that first episode. How did like? Did you ever use Rick? By the way, uh-huh. did you use Rick's? Or how did you? How did you? Did you? Sc- he like, backed out. We were supposed to do it. He, he knew you were right. Out. Did you kind of script the pers- uh, um, you know like how it's going to go, like beginning, middle, end? This is how I want to kind of shoot it. It was pretty random because at the time I didn't know I was going to make a show out of it. So uh, my friend Marlene wanted to try it with her boyfriend, and that's pretty much how we started off. I also have these other YouTube videos I did. So like I did um, what was, I guess, to catch a cheater before we had the show. Mm-hmm. That video went super viral. It did like 12 million views. It was the same format pretty much? Yeah, it's the exact same format, split screen and stuff. But that was our first attempt at a YouTube video. Yeah. And it just went viral. And you were like, whoa, we got something. Yeah, here. I remember Tyga was sharing it on his Facebook. Nice. I remember uh, Charlie Sheen. Like wow. a bunch of like celebrities were sharing this viral yeah. video that yeah. was making headlines. And then I think I moved to Atlanta at the time. Um, I remember I, when you were getting ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got my first guest star that never came out on TV. They didn't even use it. Damn. <laughs> what show was that? Uh, Zoe Ever After. It was a BET show. Zoe Ever After. It had, um, you know, uh, Ray J's sister, Monica. Or Brandy. I know Ray J. Biggest but fan. He has a sister, Brandy. <laughs> yeah. um, she had a show on BET. It only got two seasons. It got canned. Um, uh, Sharonis' show. Huh? What's Sharonis' show? Uh, games people play. Games people yeah, play. I've been seeing that, man. The, I messaged the him the other show. day. Yeah. That was pretty awesome for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's on next week for this pat- podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get he'll, he'll be here soon. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so you make the first episode. Oh, oh, yeah. Then we did another. I did another video 
about like uh, it was kind of like a prank because I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was like, "Am I gonna be a fucking prankster right now? Like, is this really what I'm gonna do?" Like prank invasion, something like that. That was the standard. Yeah. So we did a video where um, there was this girl who went on this these Tinder dates with these guys, and you know we made sure like all the guys that she was inviting out on this date were like five foot nothing, <laughs> little twerpy guys, and while she's out on the date with them, like she is gorgeous, hot dude, like super hot so these guys are showing up on these dates so you're filming the, the date do they know they're being filmed no that was okay. the whole point okay so they show up and they're like fuck how the hell did i get this so they're yeah. super excited and like as they're sitting there outside starbucks and you know the guys think they're like about to get some lucky action here <laughs> and then um you know she's like oh my god i don't know how he found me that's my ex-boyfriend don't look don't look don't look and then i had my friend terrence who's uh, he's a security for this like strip club he's like six foot seven huge rip fucking black dude <laughs> and then like he shows up so these like little five foot dudes are turning around you know he's like also oh, this is your new man and he's like this is your new man this is who you fucking with now and she's like leave me alone terrence like i told you you know this and she's like oh god like when did you get out of prison and like saying all this stuff so the guys are just sitting you'd see these guys like just shell up and like get super quiet and the girl would be like defend me do something and these guys <laughs> yeah. like you know looking up like hey man like <laughs> you know and then one of the times uh terrence is like oh so this is your boyfriend and she goes yeah you know what yes it is and then he's just like no nah, i'm not man, <laughs> nah, i don't even know this girl i just like walked over here um and then we put that online but it did like twenty thousand views it didn't get like nearly nothing to like what to catch a cheater did i'm like well fuck so then we did another i guess to catch a cheater before we had the show and then that one shot up to like two million views like in two weeks Wow. And we started thinking, you know what? I think we're on to something. And I just started thinking like, you know, like any restaurant or business, they, they stick to a specific thing and they keep, like you go to McDonald's, they have the same menu everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you're not changing it up. So I figured let's just create a channel all dedicated to this, just to catching cheaters. Um, Turned out to be pretty smart. Yeah, it'll just be, so you know when you land on this page, this yeah. is what you're getting. I'm not going to bounce around do all these. Keep the same recipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I remember we started and like, my, when we started, I remember my goal was to get to 100 subscribers in a month. Or, no, I'm sorry, 1,000 subscribers in a month. That was the goal. And it took us four days to get to 100. And I remember when I started, because I was blasting it when I started the channel to like on Facebook to all my friends. You have, I have no idea how many of my friends said, dude, stop sending me this shit. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, your gay-ass YouTube channel. They're telling me all these things. And I just like, fuck you guys. And in my head, I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking like, and I just kept sending it to everyone. Like, yo, subscribe to this. And then... um on our fourth day, we got 100 subscribers. And um, and then right on our 30-day anniversary, we hit 1,000. That's when you can And I was like, ah, oh, we put up five videos that month. Um, but two of them were the old ones. So we just re-uploaded to the new channel because we didn't have a channel before. And then um, three new ones. So we were like grinding. And then the next month, the goal was to get to 10,000. And we, we only landed like around like 6,000 something. And then the goal is at the end of the third month to be at 100,000. And it was crazy because we climbed in our third month to like 54,000 subscribers. We were six days away from that in the month, right? And then we yeah. dropped this video. It's called Big Booty Cheater. And we had this Instagram the, model. I, I think I saw that one. She had a huge ass, right? <laughs> that video on Facebook brought us to like from like 50 to 500,000 followers on Facebook. Posting how many times a week? No, just that one video. Just the booty. But yeah, I'm but this is three months, so this is probably four, eight, twelve. This is probably like our thirteenth video. Oh. Let's just say, and um, that on our Facebook just shot up to half a million, and then on our YouTube we went from that fifty-four thousand subscriber mark to a hundred thousand subscribers on the exact ninety-day mark of when we started, 
And uh, for some reason, I just thought we made it. You know, in my mind, that's what I thought was making it. Um, for sure. I mean, you kind of did. I mean, that's a lot of subscribers in such a short <clears throat> time don't, frame. Don't they send you, uh, YouTube sends you something? Yeah, some you. plaques and stuff. I got, you yeah, I got quite a few. Yeah, they're in my house. But nice. they send you the... the 100,000 subscriber right. plaque, yeah. And then... Um, and you have the million one, too, the gold. Right? Yeah, we got two. We're having our third one in a little bit when we get three million. Oh, is there, what's the three million one? Just, just the same plaque. You just get it over again. Oh, yeah? It's yeah. still gold? Yeah, they're coming up with new updated ones. Oh, so I got cool. the older one. My partner has the newer one, and we were like... Always arguing nice. who has what. Cool. <laughs> um, Did, so were, were you ever worried? Oh my God, we're growing so fast. This is this unsustainable. Like, were you ever like, do we keep uh, going uh, in the same direction? A little bit. In the beginning, there was um, there was an episode we were getting sued right right when we started. By like, who? There was this girl that worked at um, uh, what's that restaurant? BJ's. So we did this episode called "Rapper Steals Girlfriend." <laughs> we're always coming up with like these clickbaity titles. <laughs> and this guy, this is a really funny episode. This guy's name is J Star. He's like a rapper. And we had him going out and hitting on this guy's girlfriend. So she was coming into work. That's how we, we knew she, where she was going to be. So as she was coming into work, he was posted out there waiting. And he just happened to stop her. He's like, excuse me. I said, anyone ever told you you're beautiful? Aww. And she's like, oh, thanks. And she kind of kept walking. And he kept walking with her. He's like, where are you going to work? Oh, you know, I just want to talk to you for a minute. And she's like, oh, well, you know. And he's like, maybe I can get your number. We can hang out. And she's like, okay. Only because you're cute. She gives out her number. But then, like, the whole, the whole, the only reason it became bad is because she was going right into her work. This was back when we weren't blurring faces. We weren't censoring names. Yeah, I noticed that you do that all, all the time now. Yeah, so we were, yeah. Doing, we were all that. We didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. So that girl, we dropped it on YouTube, and then we dropped it on Facebook. And within like 24 hours, this girl's name was getting tagged up everywhere on <laughs> Facebook. Damn. And everybody was pissed, you know. And everyone was, uh, her friends, she had all her friends and family uh, messaging on there. And Yikes. She, and it became a big ordeal. And then, um, so what was she trying to sue you for? For using defamation her? of character. She was also claiming she was going to get fired from work because her work saw it. She, uh, she made her own choices. Did she not? She was in public. Yeah, but again, so exactly. like you're, you're literally you're allowed to record whoever. Right. You can, you can post it online, but the moment you start making money, you're monetizing, then it becomes illegal. So, so uh, without their permission. But so, even if you're in a public area, mm -hmm. because so, if you're in public, you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah, exactly. So let's just say we're filming a video and you're I'm filming you guys, and then there's people walking around the background. You know, technically they're going to be in the video, especially if you're shooting gorilla style, right? If one of them gets mad and says, I walk by in the background and I don't want to be in that video. Now YouTube has a feature where you can blur people after you've posted. But at the time you couldn't, you have to just remove the video. So we had to just remove the video. But basically, yeah, you do need people's permission um, if they're recognizable. But if you make them unrecognizable, we change the pitch in their voice. We bleep out the names. Well, then they're unrecognizable. You know what I mean? Um, Except to their family that really knows them. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because a lot of the, the recent videos you have now have like their eyes blocked <laughs> out and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is like, which I understand it, but at the same time, I'm like, you want to see that that facial reaction. <laughs> that's what that's the money piece, right? Yeah. So it's that's why I was wondering because you know in public I feel like you'd be able to get away with shooting anybody, but yeah, I guess you can't do that anymore. Is that what, pretty mm. much what you're saying? Legally, no. Mm -mm. If you guys <laughs> recorded me without my consent and posted online. With no monetization, it's not an issue. But the oh. moment you turn on the monetization button on YouTube and you're now making profit, well, then it becomes illegal because I didn't give you permission to do that. Hold that thought. Yeah. Uh, do we have your consent to be on this video? Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> we're not making any money, so it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how has, because YouTube's changed their algorithm <coughs> over the last Constantly. two years. Yeah, so how has your channel changed because of that? Um, 
you know, dude, it's like any other business. So you're constantly having to adapt and change. And then the thing about the social media and just like more recent times is things change and they change fast. Like right when we're getting used to the new way that YouTube's being, you know, going about their business, it changes again. And then it changes again. Like what? Like they favor longer videos now? Yeah, 10 minute videos or more. They get shared more. Um, They're getting very censorship. They're they're getting very censored with their content. So Mm. as far as long term with my show, I don't really see it being surviving too long on the YouTube platform for that very reason. Because of censorship? Very censorship. Wouldn't it be better, though, if you made 10 minute videos? Because then you can just stick a bunch of ads or at least one more ad. He doesn't have. Well, your videos have been longer. But again, yeah, yeah. So we've been creating 10 minute episodes, but you're not really making that much money off AdSense. Like people think, right? So how much money? You got a million views. How much money is that making? It's hard to answer. It really depends on the kind of content. It's basically, this is the way I put it. The more Disney friendly your content is, the higher your AdSense will be. The more American audience you have, the higher your AdSense will be. So um, like back in like, um, what's his name? What's that prankster? Um, Vitaly and um, FouseyTube. Yeah. Those guys. So back in their days, they did a video that did 25 million views. They'd probably make like times by five. They'd probably make like 200 and like, I don't know, they probably make like 150 to $180,000 off that one video. Damn. Now we're doing a 25 million video, view video. We're making like 25,000. So we're getting like a dollar CPM right now, which is like $1,000 for every million views. But why is that? Because the number one, it wasn't saturated at the time. So it was an open market. Right. So 2013. Less, less than 10 minute videos you're talking about, right? I'm talking 2013. But like videos are like less than 10 minutes where you just have that ad in the beginning. Um, yeah, that's part of it. But I'm just talking 2013. Right. Like, and it's gone through changes. And, and then there's a whole PewDiePie controversy in like 2017, I think it was, when there was... Um, Will you disown him right now on who? this PewDiePie? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like the guy. Yeah, PewDiePie's great. Um, it is, it's just different. Everyone's, no one's doing sponsors before. It was seen as not cool. Now you look right. cooler to have a sponsor. Like, ooh, someone selected you. Ooh, someone's making money. Ooh, Lululemon is sponsoring you. Does ooh. AdSense have a problem with that? Like if you no. put in? No, not really. But like, like we're doing, our page does like 25 to 50 million views a month as a cumulative page. And literally you're matching dollar for dollar. Like for every million views, you're making like a thousand bucks. So it's not as profitable as it used to be. You, we take our income, then I cut it in half, and, like, that's my income. Because you have a partner. Exactly. Yeah. So then the other way we have to make money is finding sponsors to put in episodes. That's where you make the real money. Some, yeah. I mean, oh. it just really depends. Again, I'm going to go back to how Disney-friendly are you because our videos, because they're not seen as, like, Disney-friendly, yeah. we're only going to be able to get certain brands like condoms, liquor, <laughs> fucking, like... They have the money. Things like that. All the but vices. Get, but like, look, tech or something? We, like, just neutral? Um, so I we get some... video game things. We get, like... A lot of that stuff, but ideally you want Pepsi. I saw like a Tudor one that you did one time. Tudorage, Edie Birdie, S.A. Shark. Those are our bigger ones. So like in 2000, this is also where we got in trouble. There was a company, this is like, again, there's so many changes. I can talk about this forever, but in 2006, no, 2017, it was the beginning of the year in January. We got contacted by a company called Edie Birdie, which helps write essays and like, uh, you know, anything you need for like school, college, Every cheater work, needs whatever you need, right? So they do that work for you and then that's their business. And it's kind of like an Uber. So EDU Birdie is just a website. It's a hosting website. You have people that'll sign on to be writers and you have people that come on as students so they just looking connect, for writers. Connect them together. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And in 2017, they said, we want to be on every one of your videos. And we said, okay, 
we so we negotiated pricing, but then also because they were going to be consistent, we gave them like a better price. But then there were sometimes we get sponsors who are paying us like ten, fifteen thousand dollars for an episode, and it's like, well, man, I, we don't want to lose out on those. So we, I remember we told them, said, look, if we get a big sponsor, we're gonna have to bump you guys a week. And they go, no, we don't care. We don't care if you have two sponsors. Just we want to be on every single episode. Now at the time, I thought, what idiots. <laughs> at the time I'm like man dude I'm putting up episodes I'm getting I'm dropping two sponsors on an episode making like 15 20k because I'm making edu birdie and this shit and then we're gonna get AdSense like fuck and like it was crazy now what I come to realize we they wanted to be on every single episode in 2017 2018 right and all the times I get approached from like people that recognize me from the show easily more than half people half the people that come up to me will ask me about edu birdie like, they, it, they really branded themselves. They literally think I'm, like, a freaking ambassador for the company. Oh, wow. Cool. You know what I mean? So they branded themselves so well that at the end of 2000, EDU Birdie is a new company. So in 2017, they gave us a report in December that 19% of their business, their entire company, came from just us. Where one-fifth of their business was just one nice. channel. was us. Should have asked for more money. Yeah. Now, I mean, I can get into, like, business about YouTube and all that. But we would really, love that. Now I look at it and I'm like, what a fucking idiot. I could have been selling my own stuff. I could have been promoting my own brand. I could have been, you know, doing my own courses, doing whatever. But instead, I gave mm -hmm. it to them, settling for these $2,500, $3,200, um, you know, brand deals per episode. Because I just wanted that consistent income. Sure. But, I mean, I look at it now and it's like... They were they were banking on it. Dude, they probably looked at me like, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. Dude, he's doing all the work. <laughs> we would have given him 100000 per. <laughs> but hey, all right. So... Um, do you do your own stuff now? The what do you mean? Courses? Brands? Um, you know, I've done courses for a master class, uh, Airbnb. I've taught courses. I used to teach body language seminars back in the day. Um, I was in direct sales. I was like real hardcore. Everything I've done, I've pretty much gone hardcore with. So, uh, I was into that. I'm going to get back into it again now. Now that like, I realize how much of an audience I have and how converting 1% sales or even half of 1% sales on a hundred thousand view video on a $500 course is still more profitable than taking a brand deal for 2,500 bucks. So now that I have an audience, I can kind of guide them to wherever I'm going to go in whichever direction. It doesn't really matter. And then, you know, have my business on the back end. That's really making me my money because YouTube AdSense is not paying us that much. It's almost become to a point where it's like, I don't even know if it's worth it just by, if I didn't have all these other stuff, I wouldn't be doing YouTube. Um, and you say that you, that you say you, you don't foresee yourself on YouTube in like five years from now. YouTube. Yeah. Just not to catch a cheater. I don't foresee oh. to catch a cheater. I will, as long as YouTube's around, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep an appearance on, online. Yeah. And then how would you transition to just more personal to stuff? Um, so here's like vlog lifestyle vlog. I've done vlogs. People love them. My first vlog did like half a million views on a new channel, but if like you, no subscribers, but like, uh, is there a, after what's the next step though? What was there something you're looking at? Like, because here's, here's my question actually, how much of it do you think, um, was your idea that this is going to be big on YouTube and that maybe anybody could have ran with this idea versus just you being able to, um, you know, actually be able to do it? I would definitely say like 80, 20. So 80% is just me and 20% was the idea. So the idea is way less. So yeah. It's, cause it's all about execution. Like if you guys have written films and stuff, a lot of people come up with ideas. You got to fucking like execute. And then like, it takes a hustle in a person. Like I can see why so many people I've hit a million subscribers, two million subscribers, and they disappear off YouTube. Like, I, I can, I understand it now. At, when I started, I'm like, why the fuck would you quit? Like, that's when you're making the most sense. money. You would think. Yeah. But you, you like, the more income you make, the more you become accustomed to, the more you start seeing what's you're missing. And like, I met guys like Rice Gum and stuff that are doing like 100K a month. 
And I'm just like, hmm. Like, you start thinking, well, what could I do to get to that level? Can my show ever get there? And if it can't, well, then I would forfeit it to do something else. Because realistically, there's a lot of things I can do to make money. And money doesn't really make me all that much happy. Like, I enjoy it, but it's more like doing what makes me happy. So, and I'm 31. I don't know. How, how old are you guys? 28. 28. 28. 33. You're older than me? I'm older than you, dude. Oh, shit. I'm no, the, the oldest sage. guy here. I'm the oldest guy here. <laughs> the sage. So take my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Just give up on life now. It's too late for you. Uh, Johnny, Johnny kills it. Oh. Yeah, you're a hustler, dude. I like Johnny the moment I met him in acting class. Johnny's the best. Yeah, like, it was like, I think Ryan Guys, it's not about, about me. It. It's not about <laughs> me. <laughs> well, we'll get into the acting yeah. class, because that was a funny, that was funny times. Has your, has the channel helped your acting career? Like, did you get Bach level status? Um, or somebody asking you? It's helped me for online. Bach? Mainly. King Botch. King, King Bach, Botch. Batch, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce Bach it. Bach is the composer. <laughs> so King Batch. Um, not in that sense that he's gone. It's helped me get other jobs online. Um, but ideally, like, the goal is to be, like, a reoccurring series regular on a show that's a hit show, though. Not just a gotta be, show. It's got to be a good one. It's got to be big. It's got to be Stranger Things level. Yeah, that's ideal. Because I have friends of mine that have been on shows for five, six seasons. They come off. They're getting no work. Can't work. It's fucking depressing. I'm like, fuck. Like, it's scary. Honestly, dude, you have to just get on, like, a hit show. Even uh -huh. if it's, like, the role's not that big, and it just, the show blows up, and then, boom, signed by CEA. Mm -hmm. Like, that literally is, like, that's it. It's not easy. You got it. It's well, not who you easy. know. Easy. I don't know about that, but. It's who you blow. Oh. Ooh. And we've Direct all blown quote. a few. <laughs> Johnny, anyway. Name one. Just not going to get into so it. Name one what? <coughs> guy that he's blown. Oh. Anyway, we had that casting director episode you gotta, already. You got to ask the question if you're in this town, you know, how far would you go? So, I, okay, I got a question. Um, where, uh, where do you typically find your, all your decoys? Online. Like, okay. if you look at my, like, where, where are you posting it? Just. Uh, well, there's like um, the, what's LA Models. Okay. There's like LA Models. Uh, some girls hit me up from Instagram wanting to be on it. And, and will you entertain that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I find him attractive, why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like what it. What about people saying that the show is staged? That's yeah. the elephant That's, in the room um, right now. That's the elephant in the room. I mean? A lot of people are saying that you guys are like, oh, and they're all paid actors. Don't How give do us the BS that none of it is staged, okay? I want to hear the this real is not 2009 in YouTube, okay? So here's what we do. When we film our show, there's editing, all right? And people who've never edited, they don't understand, you can really change an entire narrative on a story. And plus, we, we throw in some funny things on there as well. But my editor will create some funny-ass things while we're filming it. And then while he's editing it, that can change a narrative. And if you ever see us, like, pausing a video and we fill it in with voiceover, we can say any story we want. So we can say it was, like, this much more dramatic than it was or wasn't. Um, but the people are real. How, yeah. how often are you um, stopping the camera and then just um, giving them direction to try it a different way? Well, you really can't. You kind of get one shot. We've had some girls that, like, will approach a guy. Then the guy, like, brushes them off and will send them back. Like, go back again and say this. So harass like, them. Ask this. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Pretty much. How about for the people reacting, the people who are surprised that their boyfriend is cheating? We How tell them to spice it up. All right, yeah. Okay. But it's real. Yeah. So it's more like coaching, really. Pretty much. You're like, okay, that was good, but you know what? Just give us a little bit more. That, and I think anybody, once you're on camera, gets a little bit... They get shy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like... They don't know how they're supposed to be right. when you're being watched on something very private. So, you know. But you don't, that doesn't hurt the viewership. That the fact that everybody knows everything is staged on YouTube, people still tune in. 
YouTube's an interesting thing, man, because like I've seen so many things. It's like, okay, I follow a lot of channels and some of them even like I know for it's a fucking real. fact, it's a hundred percent staged. Right. Like, there's not even an ounce of truth in this. Prank still entertaining. Prank invasion. Right? Prank invasion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> you said it. I think it's obvious. I think Ethan uh, from H3H3 said it. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of those that are. We all know that. But you know what? It's like but this YouTube you, channel is fake too. By the way, this is a YouTube channel. Oh, oh hey. Just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> anyway back to you. Um, so like, I was gonna, what was I going to say about prank invasion? Um, Staged. Not that so much, but I was comparing it's entertaining, it to something. It's, he's creating entertainment. His is a weird entertainment, but it's like his is weird shit, like prank invasion specifically, because sometimes you're like watching, what the fuck am I watching? It's like disturbing. He made out with that girl so easily. Maybe it's, <laughs> she is attainable. Yeah. <laughs> but he's selling, you know, he's selling like these courses and he's selling things on the back end as well now, if you notice that. Like I know his AdSense has got to be darn near zero. Like because he, he, he is probably making like $5,000 a month. Why? Because mm. he gets demonetized or what? Demonetization, um, running little to no ads, giving the ch cheaper ads. Um, you know, like I, I just literally know he's, and then we're like, we were doing a clap video. We're supposed to do a clap video where I wanted him to come out. And I like, we're not sitting cool with me and prank invasion. Cause I went to San Francisco one weekend and we were supposed to clap and he just didn't respond anymore. Right. Wow. And I'm thinking you fucking weasel. Like, wow, dude, I could have helped this guy so much even if you would have like, but he's a kid, you know, or I don't know how old he is, but he's like a kid. 12. No, he seems like just kidding. 20s, mid 20s. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, speaking of H3H3, because they did a piece on you. Yeah. Did correct. They? Yeah, yeah, they did. I watched did it. He, did he roast you? Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I've shared that video with like so many people. Man. That's what I'm going to ask. That's a point, point of pride. Nikki uh, Swift did one on you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, H3H3s, they're calling you out for uh -huh. being like, oh, just a basic bitch YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> do you care? Or do you take that as... Part really? of the YouTube game of... I was in... I was like... It was on my birthday. I think that video dropped. And I was like celebrating. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Because like at the time we were at 500,000 subscribers. And I was like, it's about time he fucking roast me. You know what I mean? It bumped you up. People then check yeah, out Yeah, we got a channel. lot of... You got a lot of uh, following from that. Cool. And then a lot of people yeah. come up to me now. Like they'll say, hey man, that shirt makes you look buff. <laughs> and like... Because it's part of the... So his gimmick and shit. Um, but we're still in contact. Me and Ethan. He lives up here in North Hollywood. So you have a good rapport. Yeah. With him. Pretty much all the YouTubers, we kind of like a little community. But if people are cool. talking about you, it's good because it's like it stirs a conversation and gets you more following. I mean, it's, yeah. That and I also I started YouTube at 28, you know, so I think a lot of people start younger and they get really offended or affected by what people say about them online. I've never really cared. It just means people because are watching. The truth is, like, okay, I used to watch FouseyTube, and I used to think, yeah, oh, dude, right. like, then it came out that he was uh, staging his shit, right? Yeah. I thought, oh, what the fuck? Like, what did he do? What's his channel? I don't Who's know. Who's like a prankster? Yeah, he does like pranks. He's like a Mortal Kombat elevator yeah. prank. I used to watch a lot of his videos, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. like, I'm like, yeah, they're all staged, but oh. I didn't know. But then when yeah. I found out, I was just like, oh fuck, dude, fuck this guy. What a faggot! I was saying all these <laughs> mean things, right? I don't know why. But then like, I realized when I saw him in person, I'm like, oh shit, Fuzzy Tube. I'm like, yo, dude, can I get a photo? <laughs> so as much as people will say online, even about actors or about anybody in entertainment, they can talk about Paris Hilton and all this shit, but. Most people, like, I've never had one bad interaction with any fan I've met, ever. All of them been great, dude. Oh, you're so fucking funny. They'll say all these things. And maybe they say shit, they said shit about me before in a negative way, but when they meet me, it's all positive, happy. They kiss the ring when they meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so FouseyTube, um, and then just any other social media guy that I've met, you know what I mean? And did you have a relationship with Ethan and H3H3 before? Or like no, after no, that's all after. You got in the DMs. Emailed, we were going to do some funny video together. 
uh, where he was going to come out with uh, Gila, his girl. Yeah. Um, then he had the kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's Selfish. Yeah. Which uh, YouTube channels do you watch, like, personally? What do you like? Uh, my favorite right now, probably, there's two of them that I probably, like, Graham Stevens, if you guys know who that is. He's a real estate guy. This is a guy I think everyone should follow. He is kind of the new... He is what's going to be the new way of doing YouTube because his channel is all finance related. It's all the real Tony estate. Robbins of YouTube. No, Tony Robbins is more personal development. He's really just numbers oriented, credit cards, credit, mm. uh, business, sales, commissions, and education. Wait, he's pretty so much he, financial education. But he's helping people make money, basically, or not necessarily. Well, yeah, yeah, because he's teaching you. Yeah. Right. But now that kid is fucking killing it right now on YouTube. But I like him for the advice he gives, and I got into real estate last year. In October, you sell so, real estate? No, I'm buying. I'm buying real estate, but basically, oh, I was looking because I'm buying, investing in real estate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but Graham Stevens was like a good guy to follow, here's, so he educates me. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, that guy. Seven hundred K. But see, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys on online that are selling you. Like it's almost obvious they have a Ferrari in the background, right? And it's just like they're like BS. this could be you. He's very open on online. He'll pull up his um his accounts. He'll show you how much money he's making live, so you know he's not faking. He's refreshing it right in front of you. Uh, making so money by what? By from YouTube and like oh, and sure? different things, like just how he's making money online. So he's a really good guy to follow. And then the other one's a guy named Owen, who's a buddy of mine. Uh, he has a company called RSD. You guys are familiar with that? It's like a Maybe. it's a um, real social dynamics. So it's like a pickup artist community. So he oh, teaches okay. men how to red pill like the game. Yeah, the game. Yeah, Neil yes. Strauss. I read yeah. the book. Yeah, I read it too, and I was like, like twenty twenty one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had great stories. When I was in college, the that VH1 show, The Pickup Artist, came out. I remember that show. Yeah. I remember watching that. They, and they, then, they uh, filmed that a couple times in Arizona. I remember back oh, did in they? Scottsdale, yeah. Right on. Did you try and get on? No, but they, they would. I remember because they would have, like, they'd be at a nightclub. But mm. the thing is, like, they'd have signs everywhere saying, like, you are being filmed. So it's like, people know. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Anyway. Actually, um, the real question is, dude. I know you mentioned that, uh, I forgot who you were talking about, but they were, they were merchandising. Right, uh, like Logan Paul. Yeah, no, Which it wasn't. Lo- you didn't mention Logan Paul, but it was somebody he, he else. He mentioned him, but it was quickly. Um, but you, <laughs> the thing is that you're selling merchandise too, right? Not, a, yeah, we have it as an option, but that's not really. We're not really doing much from there. But the real question, dude, is why didn't you bring us a t-shirt, dude? We, I, I have one shirt myself, and it's black. <laughs> no, I mean one. <laughs> I have one to catch a cheater shirt. But you probably do it through YouTube, where you don't have to keep any of the merchandise. They just do it for you, right? Not through YouTube, through another company. Teespring. But it, it, that's really not for us. So, so like, you guys don't get anything on the back end of that. You have to, right? Yeah, but we're not selling. Is what I'm saying. I see. Like we're selling so insignificant amount that it's not even worth talking about. Gotcha. <laughs> but wouldn't if you wore one of the new shirts, like they would see you on there? You would think. But like, here's the thing. So like, if you guys are using like Logan Paul, Jake Paul's references, guys who killed it in the merch game, like. I think last Black Friday, Logan Paul did $2 million in sales in one day. One day. More than most people make in their fucking life. It's you a know nice I mean? Friday. One day. Wow. Um, but the thing is this. No one walks around wearing Jerry Springer shirts. I, I Nobody's would. walking around wearing oh, the Maury Show shirts. Right. No one's going to walk around wearing To Catch a Cheater shirts. It's just not our thing. It's not music. So we've done affiliate marketing. We've sold like equipment, spy equipment, and things associated with what our show would be about. Um, I, I've, I saw those in the description. Yeah. So, like, you got to get in where you fit in, I, I guess, for what you're doing. For us, our biggest side income outside of YouTube and Facebook monetizing and sponsors is going to be relicensing our content to other platforms. So, like, even today, we got an email. We have this Japanese company. Let's see if I can pull it up. Is that what Logan Paul and, like, H3H3 are doing, too? See, they can't, though. See, here's what's cool. Because since they're doing, like, a reaction channel and these other guys are doing vlogging and stuff, we're like a show. 
Like, I feel like we were one right. of the first people who created a show on YouTube that was successful. Because it was, like, I guess, like a web series. We were making two to five minute episodes when we started. Mm-hmm. Super quick to the point. And it's a series that's going on every Monday night. And people are getting glued into it like a show. So, you know. Um, so that adds more value than somebody's just reaction video. Or yeah, it's, or it's just like it can be a show that can be translated into another language and then be shared. I mean, be shared. But there's a certain aspect of the, the presentational style of what you do that makes it so other markets will buy it as opposed to vlogging. Yeah, because like vlogging, it's not going to be the same effect. You know, like you have to speak English to watch certain of these vloggers. Um, right. But we created a show. Luxury Pranks is another one. Um, Udi from Udi Pranks is another good example. They were like all came after me. Well, actually, Udi was around before me, but he saw my show and he started copying it. And he created a show I think is better than mine. Um, so you don't care that he copied? No, nah, it's going to happen. All right. So chill. <laughs> it's flattering. I've come out on his show, so like, oh, you know, nice. I've come out on luxury prank shows too, as well. Like these guys DM me back then, you know. So I take it as like flattery. You know? Yeah, I guess why not? I mean, you have no, you know, copyright claim on a certain idea. It's not proprietary to have right. some. Hey, right? Have you ever been cheated on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably more than I even know, but you know, I know <laughs> one, of one of them I know for sure. When I was like eighteen, the girl told me. And then we broke up, you know, and became like a little beta male, started crying. <laughs> and that's oh. where the show really started. And then you read the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I didn't read the game until a couple of years later. But yeah, definitely. I don't think the game was really a, a changer, but there wasn't a book called The Way of the Superior Man. If you guys haven't read that one, I recommend that. For are, you, are, that. You, are you really like Red Pill? Like What's Red Pill? It's, uh, it's, kind so of like it, it, it's the dark side of the game in terms of men and... Like how the, you, you have to talk to you women. have to it's tell a, women like basically you're that alpha you're controlling what's going through on through games stuff like that. so like it's a dark side. like psychology manipulation basically I can't say yes or no because I don't know really the reference that you're saying right. that's cool I don't know much about but it I, I have seen that reference online but I thought that was talking about the Matrix shit that's it what is, I was gonna it's, say it's, it's off that Matrix. but it's, it's, off, it's off the pill it's to a subreddit I thought it was like just an idea of living like Neo where you don't accept society do you want the real world yeah yeah exactly well that's what they do the real world of women as a man. Right. Well, I, it's something, something to research. <laughs> um, so what's the next step acting-wise? What are you doing? You're meeting with the manager. Next. So I got hey. my flash drive here. I got some really good really good headshots. I'm really happy Ooh. with these because I took some other ones. They didn't come out good. And then I got some nice specific looks. Stuff to like military and things like that were really like point on point. And um, we're just going to run through them real quick, see what they want, then send them over to my agents and see what they get. And did you change management or agencies after you got successful on YouTube? Or no. do they care because mm. it's different things? Or No, I never changed. I was with um, Trio Talent Agency before. They were very ethnically based. Like, they're I've more about ethnicities and stuff. I've seen a sign. Isn't oh, it somewhere? Off Sunset and Gardner. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were really good. They were getting me out a lot, dude. Like, twice a day. It's all commercial. And I was booking, like, commercials like fucking crazy, dude. People don't know, my first year out here, I booked, like, my first one was Amtrak. Then I did, so that was, like, in, like, July. It was, like, a month after I moved out here. I booked one for Amtrak. Then in October, I booked a Union National for Northwestern Mutual. Paid me a, a lot. Saronis was on that one. Me and him did that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dope. And then in um, November, I booked one for Coca-Cola, a Spanish one. Then in December, I booked one for Modelo and for Adidas. So, like, my first six months, I booked five Nationals, one Union, four non-Union. With Trio. Yeah, with Trio. Some of them got on my own, actually. But you're not with them anymore? Uh-uh. Okay. You're like, I, I need 10. No, they did good. <laughs> then the following year, nothing till like, May, I did a Mother's Day one for Tempur-Pedic, which was another union. Then um, then I went like a year of nothing. It was weird. It, it's like that sometimes. It happens sometimes, yeah. And I booked a bunch more, and like, it just, it's crazy. But, so, um, but you decided to part ways and find somebody else. I left Trio because we booked one job where my management got me out on it. 
And we three-wayed my commercial agent, Trio, to let them know that we booked this job. And Trio, uh, and, um, Trio was pissed. Like, well, that's my, you're my client. Like, dude, we're not skimming you out, you motherfucker. Like, we're telling you, congratulations. My manager's like, look, I put the client first. So whether you got them out, you submitted them, I submitted them, but I have a personal relationship with with that casting director. They're getting paid anyway. Why do they care? What does it matter? Exactly. So once um, Rodney from Trio, and like, if he's listening, fuck him, dude. Because his attitude is just really what cost him. Actually, I'm just going to say right now, I'm signed with Rodney. There we go. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him in person. Um... You know, I just thought, what a bad attitude he had. We're like, what a piss poor attitude. And I just said, I told my manager, I said, dude, I don't care. Like, we can leave him right now. So we left. Yeah. Um, but do you ever consider, like, like because of the value you have with your entrepreneurial-esque YouTube page and stuff, like, take that to CAA and say, hey. You know. Yeah, when the, when the timing's right. Like, my brand is still not good. Like, it doesn't help me any. Like, when I go into auditions, my resume will have, uh, I was, have I a YouTube. I was about to ask you about that, too. I have a YouTube on there. I don't, I put a web series. And I just put myself as the host and I put the amount of subscribers. So I come in and they go, wow. Like, it's one of the first things they ask me about. They don't even ask me about my co-starring roles or nothing. They go, oh, that's impressive. How'd you do that? And they start asking me questions. That's cool. Which is great. And then I just like, I'm like a host for this show I created. And, you know, and then they're like, that's amazing. And then like, that's really what they ask me about when I walk in. But if they literally sat there and watched it, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely can see how it can go against. Especially if a casting director is on the show. And they didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah, or so. for like... That's my girlfriend. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, or if like I'm trying to get like a Disney thing, you know? Right. They're like, oh, we can't put this guy in fucking Disney. So does that does that happen to you at auditions sometimes where you sometimes you go in and people recognize you from the show Once. and they treat you differently? Or they look at it like, oh man, you're just the host of this thing. Like you're... We don't, you know... Once they, they, they knew it, they, they thought it looked familiar and then we talked and they go, oh my God, I have seen your show. Mm. Like that's amazing that you created that. Like they didn't even... I don't even know if they remembered... But um, they just thought it was awesome. So do you think it's good or, or bad in terms for for acting purposes, like in auditioning? Does it Has it been helpful or been more detrimental? I think it's just been neutral. Okay. Like neither. Okay. Neither good nor bad, but it is what they talk about when I go in. Probably a net positive. That's good I then. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. All right. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Cool. Where do, you, where do you plan on going here from now? Like, do you obviously, like... You could see they see like the show being like this big thing that you're gonna take elevate to something else, or you're gonna more start focusing on the acting stuff. Like, where's the next step for you? So I think the final step. There's gonna be a lot of in between. It's hard to answer, but I think the final step is we sell it off to TV because we had that option a lot uh, already, and we decided to hold off because YouTube is more lucrative and there's no guarantee with TV. And the moment I go that route, they own it. It's no longer mine, mm. and I can't even go back to YouTube even if I wa- even if I wanted because they own the idea and everything. So I think our cash out will be when we sell when we sell to a network, and then you know my partner and I will just retire. Start no, start a new show. It's not that kind of money. Like I wish. Yeah. It's not what you guys think at all. Like yeah. TV, the production companies we met with, and you start hearing like the first meeting we had was American Chainsaw Productions. This is a company based out in Texas, and they do like weird shows like for Spike TV, like Midget Wrestling, <laughs> okay. like, crazy thing. Then we met with Pink Sneaker Productions. They did Hogan Knows Best. That was their okay. like big one. El Matador Productions right here off La Brea. They did uh, fucking like Dancing with the Stars. Like a lot of these. Then we met Howie. He's the one we went furthest with. So Howie Mandel owns a company called Critical Productions. They produce a show called Catfish. Oh, Have yeah. you ever seen that one? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So when we met with him, like he literally, wa- he didn't want to change a thing. He wanted to make Sam and my, like my partner Sam and me exactly like that show with those two guys. Right. 
and they it had is, really big visions for it. It is similar. I mean, that's a good. Yeah, yeah it is very similar to that. And they they already had a winning model with Catfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the one we went the furthest with. But I remember when we sat down and like American Chainsaw Productions was the first one, and they were talking about budgets for an episode, and like they're estimating it right around two hundred eighty to three hundred ten thousand dollars an episode. So like I remember Wait, me and my part- that was the budget yeah. to spend on it yeah so we sat there and it me and my partner really excessive I've yeah. seen the breakdowns yeah, I mean, for so the people look, they cast look, on cash bro we out. shot this for a hundred dollars yeah so you check know? this out so I remember me and my partner were like so what kind of budget are we talking you know like we're sitting with lawyers and shit we don't know what the fuck we're doing and then they're like oh, well, anywhere between two hundred eighty to three hundred ten and we're like thousand and they're like yes I'm like, all right cool and then me and my partner just like hitting each other under the table like <laughs> fuck dude like we were so excited but you know we we're remaining calm but again no matter what they tell you it doesn't matter what kind of meeting you have everything goes back to what are they what paperwork are they sending over for you to sign and you know it's just garbage the deals you're getting but i also understand their point of view and why number one when when you do sign a deal over like that and they're they get let's just say they get a three hundred thousand dollar budget Right away, the network's going to own the show, not even the production company. This is just li- the production company is just a crew of guys and a leader who's just producing it. it. Yeah, and they have some history with these networks that they produce other shows, so that's why they work with them. Uh, but we can start a production company and we can produce content; it doesn't really matter. But they just have a, a good network, a good relationship because they've had successful hits in the past. So then they get three hundred thousand dollars for a uh, budget per episode. Half of that right away goes to the network. Right. So now yeah. you're left with one hundred fifty thousand. Now, 150000 like their goal, what they want to do is produce three episodes for every 30-minute spot on TV. So they'd be about seven minutes and a half each episode, which is like 22 and a half minutes or something. And it turns out to a 30-minute show because of commercials and stuff. Right. So then you take 150000 then they hire a crew. The producer has to get paid his $40,000 an episode. It's like, well, fuck me, dude. Like, okay. And then, like, they're cutting it out. And then we're left with, I think we were, we were contracted for 2.5%. Damn, and it's like your wow. whole, and it's your whole so idea. Two and a half percent of a hundred thousand is only like twenty five hundred dollars or something. Right. So one hundred fifty thousand is like what lands you around forty five hundred dollars. It's like, are you kidding me, dude? Why the fuck would I give up YouTube? But then they break it down to you, like, look, the first two seasons, it pretty much is then the the network getting their investment back because they're taking all the risk, they're buying the show, yeah, they're bidding all their sponsors, you know, they're taking away from another show that could be on here, and that's just the way it goes. But if you guys can make it to season three. Like the real money comes in season three. Basically, if we can make it would kind of catch up to where we were at already. So then like, do we want to take that risk? But then if you can make it to season four or five catfish is like season nine. Those yeah. guys are, Seinfeld money. I don't think we'd be that big. <laughs> that'd be great, man. So, uh, you know, at the time we went through all the same or- ordeal with all these production companies and we just decided, you know what? Let's just stick with YouTube. Like it's just too risky to do. But if ever we want to go back, we can always, you know, the door's always open. Also, I'd be scared of, like, TV's losing viewers every year, and the internet, Netflix, YouTube, whatever, they're gaining viewers. Oh, for sure. I get more views on YouTube than most people do on TV. Right. For sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. The show would not do as be viral on TV as it would on YouTube. So I would be scared, like, any TV show they pick up, ooh, is this is any TV show going to make it to its third season unless it's unless it hits a nerve? Yeah, but they just there's more money still. Like these guys are getting um, the commercial breaks. They're doing like sixty thousand uh, dollars for a commercial spot. All right. They're doing like three in between breaks, and they they have like four commercial breaks. It's like so they're making a lot of money on these TV shows still. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm just throwing out numbers to be honest. Okay. But, yeah. Um. So there's more money, and you know our goal. My goal when I actually I forgot to even mention this when I started the show originally because I didn't know you could even make money on YouTube. Like I did not know that was a thing. Right. So I was just like, I just want to create it to build a social media following 
and then sell the idea to a TV show. Mm -hmm. And then my partner told me he was making money this whole time. <laughs> okay. And then he, <laughs> you're like, wait, I haven't gotten anything. Yeah. Man. He showed it to me and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So he, he paid me out. Like he's a real trustworthy guy. And I'm like, wait, so wow. It was monetized and you didn't even know about it. Well, he had another channel cause oh. he was trying to, he was working with a guy named SoFlo. Oh, oh yeah, SoFlo. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel yeah. about SoFlo? Well, those are staged personally, too, right? Did he steal content? He was stealing staged, content. Yeah. He wasn't staging. He was oh. just stealing content. Oh okay. And he puts a little like, "Hey, this is so this mean. is yeah. so flow." So, um, I mean, before I just thought, you know, whatever. But after I met him, he's just like a very, uh, what's the word? He's like a little snake. You know what I mean? He seems like it. Kind of. And and it's crazy because he doesn't have to be that way. He's fucking retarded. <laughs> Like, he's making life harder <laughs> on himself. He burns everybody he works with. He burns everybody he works with. I don't know why. Like, dude, we could all make money. Like, what are you... What, like, right. what a dummy. So he's constantly grinding. and then. But he also... It's part of his lifestyle. He blows his money. I've hung out with him a few times. And, like, I just knew, like, this is not a guy I can work with. And he's just... I don't know. He blows his money on hookers, obviously. Oh, okay. No, he'll travel. He'll go to the casinos. He'll blow, like... He makes $20,000 in a month. He'll blow $20,000 a month. Wow. Like, he just lives... Good investment. <laughs> he just lives that way, you know what I mean? So, actually, I would really want to know is, um, since from beginning of inception to, like, I guess that one day where you actually saw, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be making so much money off of this, like, how has life changed for you since? Like, what was that moment like? That's such a good question. Because just last night, I was laying in bed, and, like, number one, I'm, I lived pretty, like low-key for my for like i could be spending more but i really don't i like to save it um i think it's better just to buy property like i've always wanted to have a family and stuff so part of me is like okay this is my setup for that i know youtube's not gonna be around forever so i've been able to save a lot of money i still buy clothes that i'd be buying when i wasn't doing the show i'm still wearing shoes i'd be wearing when i wasn't doing the show uh i make well, you like, got a nice watch it was a sponsor. So oh, there we go. <laughs> i've got five of these <laughs> and then um we basically I just tell myself, I'll make one dumb decision a year, you know? That's kind of what I did. So I did that with my slingshot, which is my, like, my little tricycle car that I had when I, my oh, first yeah, year. I saw that on uh, the, one of the videos. And then I got my Maserati, which is, like, fucking, I just crashed it, like, a week went, and a half ago. I, I, saw, the, I saw that on the IG story, <laughs> dude. Did you decide to get a new one, or what's they're the situation? They're cutting me a check, so I'm going to go to Palm Springs probably tomorrow to pick that up. Who's cutting you a check? Um, State Farm. Because somebody ran uh, into me and oh, told okay. the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you... But yeah. you went the Rick Silver route where you just got like... No, Rick cars. Silver's crazy, dude. Rick Silver <laughs> spends his money like crazy. I also I have an RV business. I also have a duplex. So like these are things to me that if I wanted to stop, I can live off my, my investments your right other now. Inve your other I wouldn't be crazy, but like I'd be fine. Like I keep my, my rents like $750 a month. Like I keep super low key. Wow. I save like 90% of my income I make every month. Um... So, like, it's provided security, but at the same time, has it changed my life? Not really, man. It's fucking weird, but I, it almost got a little depressing last November. Uh, because? Because everything I ever thought I wanted, like, I got. Mm -hmm. Like, financially, you mean, in terms of, like... So, at, yeah, because, like, at 28, is on this show, like, I've been an entrepreneur since I was, like, 17, right? I started my first business doing papers. My dad does construction, so I tried going that route. I failed really bad at my first job. I lost a lot of money. Decided to go to college. Came back. I started another business when I was 20 doing direct sales uh, for this company called ACN. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it mm -hmm. before. Actually, I, I did. The, I tried it as well. Yeah, I think Donald uh, Trump I've was like involved had that back entrepreneurial then. spirit. So I was like, oh, I so make a lot of money. I did that for a year and four months. I made like negative like $18,000 or something like that. <laughs> Ooh, wow. So when I moved back from college from January to June, I worked two full-time jobs 
while my parents allowed me to stay at their place, just saving my money. My goal is to get to ten thousand dollars. I got to like eighty six hundred dollars when I when I heard about ECN. I said, "This is gonna be it." Yeah. Fuck it, dude. I'm gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> went out a year and four months. I went full time, so I quit everything. That eighty six hundred dollars savings I had went to zero. Then the credit cards I was building up got to ten thousand dollars in debt. I like maxed out. I had nowhere left to go. I was done, dude. I had no more leverage in anything. Uh, then I quit ACN, and then I joined a company called Melaluca. I've heard of Melaluca. My mom, mom used to do mm-hmm. that. And then that was the first business. Like I started what actually making money. It was like you're selling household. Well, yeah. you're selling memberships for people to shop online to right. buy their household items. An yeah. MLM. Uh, that one's technically not, but it's kind of the same format. They have I'll like different honest. products, like skin products and all kinds of cleaning products, right. just household everyday items that people use. But it's like green friendly, you know, right. I mean, eco-friendly, natural, natural or something. Yeah. So I, you sell a $29 membership, you make a $25 commission, but then you make a percentage of every time they shop online because they have your account attached because you signed them up. And the idea is to build a big audience. So that one, I remember like my first month, I just, I had nowhere left to go. So I just went hardcore. I made like 2,070 bucks. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen a fucking comma in my check. <laughs> and I'm fucking almost 21 now. And then, um, I had like the next month, it went to 2,700, then 3,400, then 4,500, then 5,400, then 6,070 when I hit senior director, qualified. I got a Mercedes. They gave me like a car allowance. And I just kept going ham. Then um, I got kind of bought into going for a new company called Nerium, which is like an anti-aging skincare. I've heard of that one too. My yeah. My mom. <laughs> my mom was on the- You're Mexican, bro. She's probably bro. done Herbalife, Mary Kay, all these Those things. Those things right? are, ex- the Nerium is expensive though, man. Yeah, it is. It's like $100 a bottle or something. Probably more. We know about Mary more. Kay. For you. So I remember she's like, yeah, I got this for my skin. I'm like, that was like 150 bucks. I'm like, what? Crazy. I used to sell $1,000 packs. Like the first four days I did like $12,000 in sales because like any craft, if you practice, you'll get better. And that was me now like four years in to doing network marketing. So when I got Nerium, dude, it was like a breeze. Mm-hmm. I did like $12,500. I qualified for the fucking car in four days. Uh, I got to like eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 in, commi- in not personal commissions, but like in sales within my organization by like my sixth month. And then when December hit, I turned 25. I was in like a seven-year relationship from 18 to 25. So we ended that on my birthday. I was renting a house in Palm Springs. Um, and then I really thought, what the fuck am I doing in my life? Like, am I really working for money? Like, this just sounds pointless. So I was a little burnt out from sales. My relationship ended. I wanted change. So I started from scratch, moved to LA. I said, I'm going to be an actor. I rented out this, this uh, guy's living room, like a little corner. This is a pretty big living room. This is like in the ghetto off Wilcox, if you know where Theater Row is at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that little yeah. ghetto hood in the back where all yeah. the trannies are walking around. That's where I was living. Super small little apartment. I had a little corner, so I had a mattress on the floor. Did we ever rehearse there? I don't think so, no. Mm, I was probably embarrassed, man. No. When did you move in with Rick? That was much later. That was years later then. No, it was, um, it? I lived, so that was like a year and four months after moving out here or something like that. Cause I was booking all these commercials right after my mother's day commercials. So, so this must've been 2014, like in when's like April or some shit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember like he was so strict, but I was paying $380 a month. That was my rent at the time. Wow. Cheap dude. So I'm like, dude, I'm full-time actor. So I was doing student films, short films. Like I was auditioning seven, nine times a day. Like it was just insane. Like I was just gunning for it because I had nothing else. Like no girl, no house, no dog. Like I just lost it all. Like it's fucking <laughs> life of shit. This guy gave me strict rules. Can't shower after 10. You can't cook after 10. Like okay. I don't want to fucking hear noise after 10. What if 10. I'm hungry? 
Yes, I do. But with the low rent, I just put up with it. I was right. doing mad acting classes, putting all my money into headshots and making it work. Um, when I first moved here, dude, I was paying $400 a month for a garage. Oh, shit. I was living in this, this garage that this woman had converted into a room. <laughs> dude, it, I, in hindsight, like thinking about it, I was like, God, that was so that was so cheap. Mm-hmm. At the time, I'm like, I can't be living in a garage forever, so I got to get out of here. But I'm like, <laughs> man, that's 400 bucks a month, though. Did she also park her car? <laughs> Smell the exhaust that was, in the That morning. was the hard part. She's like, yeah, I'm doing crafts in the garage. What? This is where I sleep. Yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> Anyways. I, I got to bounce in like five minutes. All right. Let's, no, dude, let's, just, keep well, it, let's round it up, then ram, ram it up. Well, yeah. let me just finish up on that question about yeah, like, yeah. as far as like happiness and all this crazy philosophy you can get into. Like, truthfully... It's weird, but I always tell everyone that's kind of gunning for what you're going after because I'd rather live in that phase than I am now. Like, I think, I, I forgot how the saying goes, but like, you're most unhappy when you're going after something and then you're also unhappy when you get it. So it's kind of like this thing, once I got it, like you can only sit there and celebrate for so long before it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. What's my you motivation? Get too comfortable in a way. Like, I'm not as motivated. I'm not as, inter- I'm not this energetic Luis that I was. And I'm thinking like the, the shit I bought, like, Okay, now it's sitting there. Like, I got it. I it was on my vision board to get a Maserati. When I moved to L.A. when I was 25, I put it on my vision board. So, like, that was why that was the car I had to get. You know what I mean? But then I got it. And then it's like... Now what? You crashed it. Yeah. Then I crashed <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, man, I need something new that excites me again. So, that's why I'm going back into doing acting again. And want to do that and chase after that. I'm still going to do my business with YouTube and uh, my RVs and fucking real... Anything I can to make me money, but... As far as like what energizes me, like it still goes back to just being an entertainer. This is what started me in the first place. Um, it's so cliche, but literally, it, it does not make you any happier to, to make more money. Interesting. It's fucking weird. That's what they say. Like Springsteen and all those guys, they were never happier when they were. In, uh, they I, were happiest when they were hustling. Yeah, dude. That's why I can see like Justin Bieber and these guys losing their mind because like you feel like pointless. Uh, that's why people get into drugs. I really feel like what else is there to do? Fucking heroin. Oh, like. <laughs> Best high, they say. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe once you're 90, do it. That's you're ready the, to die. The 100th you know episode, I mean? we'll try it. So I'm far Ooh. from where I want to be, but uh, I did hit a good point, I guess. Yeah. But there's so much more to go after. And you live in LA, you're around some really wealthy people. So, like, what I would say, it's at least cool because it gives you more, less worry in terms of financial side. Because, you yeah. know, actors are always struggling. Yeah. So not having to think about that is one less thing on your plate. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a good motivator, though. True. Absolutely. I there's, agree. Au- there's auditions and things I just don't want to go to. Like, right. Because they're like, I don't need the feature film paying me $100. I don't need the $100. A day. Dollars, yeah. It looks like shit. The right. writer had never yeah. heard of. Nah. And it's like, maybe it was a good experience for me to go do, but I didn't do it. Yeah. Maybe it was the next super bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Could be. Okay. Well, last question I have is uh, when do we get to be on the show? Ooh. Whenever you guys want. You guys are twins, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there should be I, like a twin episode. They're decoys. With our friend Johnny, who's Mexican? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's an intervention Those of like... Those are the key words in the thumbnail or in the title. Twins, Mexican. <laughs> Big booty. <laughs> Big booty. <laughs> yeah, dude, if you guys want to come out together, uh, we'll, we'll think of something. Right. Sure. Sounds great. Sweet, uh, man. Luis, appreciate you being on, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Best episode yet. Best guest yet. All right. I agree. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, you guys can find him on YouTube to catch a cheater. Any other plugs, man, you want to th- toss in there? Uh, Instagram, Real Luis Mercado. Uh, I kind of kept it all the same. So Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, Real Luis Mercado. So. Sweet. Love you guys it. can find us, uh, Surviving Hollywood, on iTunes. And if you guys rate and review us. Well, uh, well, if you roast us and five give us stars. five stars. If it's funny. We'll read it. No, if it's, any roast is fine, even if it's super mean and not funny. 
As long as there's five stars. Yeah, that's all we care about. Twitter, Instagram, Surviving Hollywood Podcast, and Twitter, Surviving Hollywood W? Surviving Holly W. I still never Character limit. Anyway, thanks a lot, dude. Awesome. Appreciate you coming on, man. See you guys next time. All right. Later.